Hello, this is your Coffee Break with Professor Coffee on Spotify, where we continue to talk about power, politics, and the criminal justice system. Uh, Today's episode of Today's Coffee Break, we just want to take a a moment to acknowledge uh, and remember the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Um, As you guys know, over the years uh, in my work that I've been absolutely committed to uh, advocacy. However, for all advocates across the country and those who are uh, seeking to effectuate change in our society, uh, one of the things that I always like to remind us is that today's remembrance of Dr. King It's also an acknowledgement that we are barriers of the flame, that we are the next generation of advocates and agents of change. So on this day, uh, it's critically important to me that we acknowledge our predecessors and those individuals who paved the way for us in the work of advocacy here uh, in the United States across uh, the country uh, and across the globe. So today it, it's just one of those moments that we sit back and we remember uh, a long legacy that Dr. King uh, left for us to follow. And as we continue to push forth our efforts to effectuate change for racial and social justice, uh, we must continue to remember uh, that this work, this work that we do, uh, continues to pave a better tomorrow for those uh, of us who will probably not be here and a legacy that we will uh, pass on uh, to future generations uh, to embrace and have a better future and for those of us today we live in the benefits uh, and the work and the sacrifices that have been made for us to have a better uh, today so here on our coffee break you know uh, with that acknowledgement I also like to bring a few things to the forefront uh, that's kind of happened over this past week. Um, As most of you may know, the Bureau of Prisons had uh, issued a statement that individuals who were a part of the, uh, uh, during the area of the the, the period of the First Step Act um, will now uh, begin to be released here uh, in our country uh, from federal prisons from uh, across uh, America. Uh, one of the things that I have been very uh, stewed about and focused in uh, during the period of talking about decarceration is also uh, the importance of creating a very robust uh, and comprehensive reentry plan 
which is why I have been a great advocate of Senator Cory Booker's uh, legislation, uh, the Reverse Mass Incarceration Act, which focuses on providing uh, local uh, state governments with the necessary funding that they uh, would need to uh, support this population as they exit correctional institutions uh, and coming back home. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's ironic that we have had a, a lot, and I, I have to admit there have been a lot of progressive movements that have been happening around the country. However, uh, with this latest news, um, I think that for our uh, local uh, and elected officials, it's critically important that we begin to uh, focus our attentions on uh, this, this, this transitional period for uh, returning citizens coming back uh, to our communities to be able to provide to this population uh, and these uh, citizens the necessary uh, resources that they're going to need to navigate uh, in this new society. Not even to mention the fact that a lot of these uh, people will be coming home uh, in, 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 in the, the era of a pandemic. Uh, for a lot of you guys, you know I'm very uh, clear on the fact of the medical provisions or uh, the lack of uh, during incarceration. So I think that uh, as we do this uh, in, in this transition, uh, it begins to unfold that we, we, we really, we really acknowledge the importance of the need for the necessary funding uh, to these to agencies, uh, local and state governments, again, to provide the necessary resources uh, that returning citizens will need in order to build uh, productive lives uh, for themselves. Um, or I feel fear, as you know, I've always shared, uh, we've had periods of this, uh, these moments throughout history. And however, uh, some of the challenges uh, that we face are still ongoing in the space, in, in, in the conversations of uh, employment opportunities, educational opportunities, housing opportunities, economic opportunities. So again, uh, it's important to me as these conversations ensue that we are dedicated as a, a city, um, as a state, and as a country to support our fellow Americans uh, as they transition uh, back into our society with the opportunities that they will need uh, in order to build productive lives for themselves. Now, another piece of information that uh, came to the forefront uh, this week as well uh, were some of uh, the challenges uh, that we encounter with uh, TAP here in New York State. And as you guys know, I, I, I've been a tremendous uh, know, advocate for uh, educational uh, reform, particularly for those with justice involvement. Now, um, that legislation was signed uh, into law by Kathy Hochul, Governor, Co Governor Hochul, 
uh, here in New York State, which will provide the uh, 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 funding for those individuals who are, are incarcerated in correctional institutions across uh, the state to receive post-secondary education. I'd like to uh, acknowledge that and uh, praise the uh, hopeful uh, Benjamin uh, administration for their tremendous work in making this happen. Um, and we will continue to support returning citizens in this area of educational uh, and academic uh, achievement. Uh, and lastly, for our coffee break, um, don't know if you guys know this, but there were special elections that have been taking place here uh, in New York City, uh, specifically in one area I, I want to mention, uh, for the, and that is the 68th District, uh, which represents the East Harlem community. Um, over uh, the period of a few months, and also because of my relationship uh, with this individual, um, I'm really uh, proud to announce the candidacy of uh, Wilfred Lopez, um, who is seeking uh, a seat uh, for the 68th district of uh, representing that East Harlem uh, community uh, in our state assembly. Now, what's ironic, you know, as you know, uh, Wilfredo and I were talking and uh, he was explaining to me that these these elections were kind of held in silence. Um, and what I mean by that, uh, it was almost out of the the, the, the peripheral or the, 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 the knowledge of our communities. And <laughs> as you know, that has always been problematic for me uh, to think that their elections are being conducted without the full knowledge of the communities that would be impacted by the leadership, by the leadership that represents that community. And the same sentiments are shared uh, by uh, Wilfredo um, in this. And, you know, he, he, he is one of the main things he shared is that all, you know, side elections won't silence our voices and it's that type of leadership uh, that Wilfredo and that type of commitment and that type of genuineness uh, in Wilfredo that makes him uh, I believe to be an excellent candidate that will represent the causes the issues and the concerns of our communities now, I'm saying this because, you know, in my opinion, East Harlem uh, represents uh, more so than just that community. It's almost a reflection of marginalized communities across our boroughs. And it is critically important that in these spaces that we have the voices, the representation, and the leadership of individuals such as uh, Wilfredo who are committed to improving the outcomes and the lives of those in these communities. So uh, 
by the time you guys see that, uh, a special election will be held uh, tomorrow, January uh, the 19th. I am hoping that my voice uh, and your involvement will really make a difference in those polls. And uh, more so, um, even here on our coffee break, we are ecstatic to announce that uh, uh, within the next two weeks, we're actually going to have uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Lopez on here to share his political platform, views, and objectives on the future of New York City and the 68th District. So it's critically important that you tune in, and it's critically more important uh, that we get to the, the get to the polls uh, and make sure that we support a candidate who believes in us as a people, who believes in us as a, a community, and who has a, 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 a even more deep commitment to equity and equality and inclusiveness. And this is a, the type of uh, 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 moral gauge that uh, we see in uh, Wilfredo and that I believe that you're gonna to determine as you get to know him as your state representative uh, in, for the 68th district, just how genuine he is. So my name is Professor Coffey and I wanna take this opportunity to thank you for taking a coffee break with me today. Um, you can find me on Spotify. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Educate Don't Incarcerate. Um, this has been your coffee break with Professor Coffee. Look, I look forward to seeing you again. And like always, this is the place where we're going to talk power, politics, and the criminal justice system. See you next time. It's in the future, and uh, I believe firmly that with uh, the many forces working together that are now working in our nation and in the world, uh, we will be able to solve this problem. On the other hand, I find it difficult to generalize. Uh, the world isn't all this or all that. Uh, no race is all one way and another race all the other way. And uh, I think it has reached the point now that there will be no stopping point short of justice and freedom. And I think the, the great challenge ahead is to, for the people of goodwill to see that the Negro is through with tokenism, through with gradualism, and through with uh, see how far you've comeism. And uh, he's determined now to gain these basic rights.